week 17, the Home Dogs Podcast. We are finally here to the very sad, sad end of the NFL regular season. And the last week of our quest, Mike, Mark, and Travis's quest to win the Westgate Super Contest. We're not going to win it this year, but that's okay. We've had a decent year. You know, we can still finish in the money if we if a few things break our way. We are 40, 36, and 4 on the year in 273rd place after 16 weeks. We're just three points out of the top 75, which cashes this year uh, out of roughly 1,200 people. So we're still within striking distance. We're still about 500. If you've listened to us, you've maybe placed a few good bets and made some money. Hopefully you haven't followed us too many times when we've taken the crappy teams like the Jaguars over and over again. One week left. we got to go 5-0. and all. Uh, Last week we were close, but it wasn't great. It started out awesome. On Saturday we had the Raiders and the Niners, two really ballsy calls. They both came through. We were flying high, 2-0, and going into Sunday. When does that ever happen? And then the Giants bring us down to earth at 1. Jared Goff crashes us beneath the crust of the earth at 4, just totally laying an egg against the Seahawks through one of the worst interceptions I think I've ever seen in my entire life. We salvaged a 3-2 and two week with the Packers, uh, an easy cover in the snow, but it was a tough week. Trav, uh, what were your emotions the whole weekend? Yeah, it was frustrating. I mean, we knew we had to be almost perfect to kind of get into the money, but the Giants were just a total disaster. So, you know, we I haven't read them right all year. Not surprising that we blew that one. But, you know, the, the three games we won were fun and exciting. The, it was nice to have kind of a cupcake on Sunday night in the snow it was a you know, pretty game to watch and not much stress involved. So it's been a frustrating year. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're still above 500 in a strange year. We were you know, we had a good record last year, too. So I feel like, you know, in you know, call it 160 or so games in the contest this year and last year, you know, we're, we're churning out nearly a 60 percent clip. So, you know, I'm pretty proud of it, honestly. Yeah, I think we have a lot to be proud of. This is a pretty hard year, and uh, I think we've started to hit our stride here the last few weeks, get, getting back to basics, which will hopefully carry over into the playoffs and to next year. Uh, we got five games to pick this week. Hopefully we go 5-0, and but we're not done yet with uh, this podcast. We'll be coming to you throughout the playoffs with some picks and some fun pools that uh, we'll be doing amongst ourselves, trying to make a little money before next year, but we can get into that next week. For now, we got week 17, one of the hardest weeks to uh, handicap out there because you just don't know team's motivation. Guys are scoreboard watching, then starters might get pulled in the third or fourth quarter. Guys are resting uh, flat out, not even playing this week. Luckily, with the new NFL playoff system, there are a lot of teams that still have a lot up in the air as far as playoff positioning, playoff seating, playoff spots. So there are a lot of interesting games to look at. There's 10 home dogs this week out of 16 matchups. Mark, when you hear that number, 10 home dogs, does that excite you a little bit? Oh, yeah, that's juicy. And we also have uh, three backup quarterbacks making their first start of the season. So I'm super excited about this week. All right, let's start it right off. Uh, I'm going to go to you, Mark, right back at you. What's your uh, what's your top play? I'm guessing it could be a backup quarterback and maybe with the double whammy of being a home dog also. Of course. Um, I think we touched on this in our text thread this week, but I love the Rams getting two and a half points at home. Um, I think this line has moved to three. So I, it, the fact that it's two and a half in the contest actually makes me like it even more. I think everybody's going to be on Arizona. Good trends. The the bets and money are, are all over Arizona right now. John Wolford's going to be the starting quarterback for the Rams. Uh, it sounds like Kyler's going to start for the Cardinals. John Wolford, four-year starter at Wake Forest, 59 touchdowns, 41 interceptions. Decent. Uh, but he ran for over 1,000 yards, had 19 touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns, dual threat. Um, I think I think McVeigh can kind of coach him up. Uh, they'll keep him in the game, and I think the uh, the Rams defense against a banged up Kyler. I, I like that matchup a lot. And the Rams obviously need this game to get in the playoffs. Granted, the, the Cardinals do too, but I, I just kind of like this spot for the Rams in general. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I mean, Wolford, I think was a 
good AAF quarterback too. We've seen him recently with, you know, some ridiculous team in some place no one ever heard of. But I think if it's the same guy, you know, he played pretty well in that league. And to me, I agree with you, Mark. It's all about the defense here. Uh, matching up against Kyler in the perennially disappointing Cliff Kingsbury offense. So I I think it's a good spot. I like the special teams matchup. I actually think that, you know, having a backup quarterback may McVay could uh, be a little bit more creative than he typically is. I know that offense is is normally pretty frustrating to us. So I like the spot. Uh, Rams are 13-9-1 against the spread in the division uh, since 2017. Arizona's close to 500 in that time. So, you know, three ups and downs, variety of players and coaches, you know, they've, uh, they've played well in the division. So I think it's a good spot and I agree with you. No one's going to be on it. So I, I, I love it. Yeah. I don't have much to add. I don't want to harp on it too much. I agree with everything you guys said. Just want to point out Rams are coming off back-to-back losses to the jets and then a shitty performance against the Seahawks. I think in both of those games, you could point to Jared Goff being the reason that they, they fell short or faltered on offense. So maybe this, this guy Wolford, he can use his legs a little bit. I hope he is a little better than the other Wake Forest quarterback we saw in the league this year on Denver when Kendall, whatever his name is, came in and played that emergency <laughs> game against the Hinton. the Saints. Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton. All right, I had the first name right. That's pretty Who, good. Who, again, like, wasn't even a quarterback. Everyone said he was, but he wasn't. No, he, <laughs> he wasn't. He started quarterback for like three games at Wake Forest. This guy's this guy's a quarterback from uh, everything I've seen. He's, he's had some success in the preseason. They seem to love him. And and if you win an in-game for both these teams, I'm taking McVay over Kingsbury all day long. So, yeah. Kyler's banged up. Maybe he runs a little less. That helps us too. The only thing that gave me a little pause was that uh, it sounds like Cooper Cup, the the slot receiver for the Rams, could be out this week. Um, I think not having him, he kind of moves the chains a lot. Could could be a big loss, but I'm I'm willing to chance it. Take the points here. Uh, Robert Woods, aka Bobby Trees, is going to have to step up. So <laughs> I like that guy. Reynolds, Josh Reynolds seems seems nice. Maybe they they get some of these other, you know, Higby, all those other tight ends can get a little get rolling. Maybe Acres comes back. So whatever. Uh, I think this is an early leader for Podlock. Trava, what's your what's your top play this week if it's not this one? Yeah, I don't know that I I, I mean I like a lot of these home dogs, but it's tough to kind of decide on one. I mean I I would look to San Francisco plus six at home against Seattle. Obviously they're they're out of it. I guess soon they'll go back to Bethard this week. Uh, we're two and two on San Francisco this year. I just love the coaching matchup. I think the Seahawks have been you know a little bit shaky really since that Giants game. I could see Salah going absolutely nuts on the sideline as they, you know, pressure Wilson like he's been pressured some of the last couple of weeks. So uh, I like the defensive matchup for the for the Niners. I know the game's in Arizona. You know, it's still a good spot getting six uh, for the Niners. I think against the Seahawks. Yeah, I didn't really have this on my list, but now that you mention it, it's kind of an intriguing play. Um, just looking at the trends, the the bets and money are all over Seattle right now. Um, so that kind of makes me like San Francisco divisional matchup. The the Janney and the 49ers are obviously familiar with with Seattle. Um, I can't remember what what happened in their earlier game this year. Did, did the 49ers win? The Seahawks won 37-27. Okay, I'm I'm still intrigued though. I don't have much to add in terms of analysis, but but I, I like the the thought process. Yeah, I. I... I do worry that maybe last week was San Francisco's, you know, pick to click to end the season and, and we did take it. So I, I, I'm hesitant to go back to it to the well two weeks in a row. But I do I do like the fact that this could be Salah's last game as a defensive coordinator in San Francisco. He's going to be clapping even extra hard this week and screaming even more than he already is before he takes over as uh, the Lions head coach, as it seems like the rumors are trending that way. So I, I, I do like the thought of the spot of fading Seattle. I don't really know what they have to play for in this game. They are favored by six, but they've, they've locked up the division. They're just playing for seeding. I, I guess they can get the number one seed, but if they see that the Packers are winning that game, they can take their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter and maybe pull some guys. So there's that. Although I, I do think the bears are going to give the Packers a game, but yeah, I, I'd leave this game in the mix. I don't, I don't know if I'm, 
wild about going heavy on the NFC West, but uh, we've certainly pinpointed San Francisco in some great spots this year, even though we've gotten burned a couple of times. I do think that Shani is a really good coach and seems to do well in the division. Do we know uh, like what, what the result will be if both Seattle or all, actually all three, Green Bay, Seattle, and New Orleans all win? Like I know Green Bay will be the number one seed, but do you know what who wins a tiebreaker between New Orleans and Seattle out of curiosity? Conference record right now, New Orleans is nine and two in the conference. Seattle's eight and three. So if everybody wins, then the Saints will be the two seed. So the the Seahawks really are kind of they're fringe. Really, they fringe. can they can get the number one seed, and maybe the Bears do pull this off. So they they would pass the Packers though if if they were if the, if they won and the Saints lost. I have no idea how the three-way tie situation works. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so confusing. <laughs> Probably should have researched this yeah, more. Sorry. I didn't whatever. Bring it up. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I mean, whatever. It's just, I think the general thing is that all these teams really have something to play for except the Chiefs. So, and obviously the teams that are out of it. All right. We'll, we'll definitely keep San Francisco around. I'll give you my top play, which is one I'm sure the Trav's going to be excited about. We've talked about it a little bit on the side, but that's the Chiefs getting three and a half points at home against the Chargers, Anthony Lynn and the Chargers, probably Anthony Lynn's finale with the Chargers. I think Herbert will be happy to see him go, even though he's had an amazing rookie season and rolling to the rookie of the year. But Chad Henney at home getting three and a half points. I think he's going to be the one to give their Chiefs the first cover in seven or eight weeks. Henney's, you know, this has got to be his last chance ever to start an NFL game. So, you know, he's going to be amped. I can't see... Andy and BNB not having some fun with it, whatever. I think they can keep it close, maybe lose by three, maybe pull off a stunner. I don't think the Chargers really care, win or lose either way. I don't think Connor Henry's playing. He's on IR. Keenan Allen probably won't play. So whatever. Let's just go for it with the Chiefs. I don't think any people are going to be on this one. So what do you think, Trev? Yeah, it's weird to me. Like the, the line, I think, opened it at Chiefs minus three, and then it shifted to, as you said, three and a half in the contest. And you'd say, okay, with well, six and a half points of movement, because you know that Henny's going to play, but that assumes that Mahomes would have started and they would have been three point faves against the Chargers. So I'm not entirely sure why this line has moved a full six and a half points. I don't think that Mahomes news is breaking. I mean, I thought he was going to play a half. It sounds like he won't play at all. Um, so I, I just I'm confused by the line movement entirely. I think there's value in Kansas City. Uh, Chargers just aren't that good. Um, I'd like the chance to to play any. I mean, this has been certain people on this podcast are not fans of Chad. I feel bad for them that that, that they have so much hatred in their heart for someone that's never done anything to them personally, but I can't, you know, change the way someone feels about him. But I'm just glad to hear that, you know, you're back on the bandwagon one more time. <laughs> uh, I could definitely get involved here. I, I kind of like it with all the points you guys already made. I'm trying to think like, was that line initially three because you think just Mahomes is going to play the first half only? That's gotta be the only reason, right? It'd still be weird, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if he, he's only playing one half, though, I, I don't know. Like, what, what are you going to make the line? You can't make it six or seven. Maybe that was the thought process there. But Why not? Um, if you played a full game, what would the line be? Uh, I think it would be, like, closer to ten, right? Yeah, I think so, too. Which is why I just think that three was weird. Yeah, it's almost two. Yeah, guys, you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. And it's okay. So, say if he was going to play a full game, this would be ten. Now you're getting three and a half. So, they say a quarterback going to a backup quarterback isn't worth nearly as much as you think it is, but... You know, when it's Mahomes, I, you add to that, but it's not going to be almost two touchdowns, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what other players, like does Tyree Kill probably not play as much? I'm assuming Kelsey doesn't play as much. Regardless, I, I still like the value on, on Chad Henney. I, I think this this Chargers team shot and they're quitting on their coach yeah. for the final game. I think the Chiefs yeah. offense is so deep, too, that even like the, the tertiary weapons are still guys who are really fast and can... And then when they get the ball, are going to try and score. They're not just going to go out there and loaf around. So let's the do it. Are, are, I will say this is a little weird to me. Like I understand resting Mahomes, but you know, with the bye, they won't have played a game 
for basically three full weeks. It's not like they've been clicking on all cylinders on offense this year. Uh, maybe they're just holding things back or have more left in the tank. But if you go back to playoffs last year when they were losing in all these games, in some cases big, and they came back. And you know, it's very impressive and it's exciting to watch. And you feel like they could turn on at any moment. But this year was a little bit up and down. I mean, you made the point, Mike, they haven't covered in almost two months. I think the Chiefs are, everyone's just kind of plugging them in. I, I'd say they're a little bit vulnerable to a really good defense in the playoffs. And I don't know who it is yet, but... I think they're minus 140 right now to win the AFC. And I would just take a look at some of the guys behind them. I think there's value there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. So it seems like the Chiefs, uh, we like a lot. Mark, what else do you have in your top five? What else do I want to play next? So I'm going to go Pittsburgh plus nine in the contest. I think it's the line is actually now 10. Another backup quarterback making their first start of the season, Mason Rudolph. I don't know if, if listeners remember last year, uh, he had a crazy Thursday night game against Cleveland where he got ejected. Miles Garrett got ejected. So I, I think he has a lot to prove, not just because they're playing the Browns, but also just for himself in general, um, just coming off last year. And just looking at his stats from last year, he, he wasn't awful. Like he was five and three as a starter. I know they had a very good defense, obviously, but 13 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Not not terrible. I, mean, I also thought uh, Mike Tomlin's comments uh, this week were kind of interesting that he said he's you know, been not playing, but we're actually going to still play play our, our, our normal players like we're, we're planning to win. So this line just seemed a little inflated to me. I think it initially opened at six and a half or seven. And I don't know, maybe the Browns are going to be a little bit out of sync with, with the week off from last week with the receivers. So I don't know. I, I think there's some value on, on Pittsburgh. I don't think I like it as much as the Rams, though. Yeah, I, I like Pittsburgh here getting nine for a lot of points you said. I mean, last year without Ben, they were five and two against the spread as an underdog. They're a nine point dog here. The defense uh, is still going to play. And this is an awful lot of points you know, for to to lay with that defense could be by I, maybe it won't be popular, I guess, because Mason Rudolph. But Pittsburgh, when you look at the board, Pittsburgh getting nine is pretty enticing. I think Cleveland was three and eight against the spread in the division in the last two years. Pittsburgh's been seven and four. So I like that. You know, Baker, and we've said it through the ball 53 times last week with no receivers, which was just weird. Like, I'm not sure why they did that, uh, made this game way too important for the Browns. Um, and then, you know, obviously they had all the receivers with COVID last week or excuse me, on the COVID list. but. They shut down their facility today, too, because of a positive test or two. Uh, so just monitor that uh, Cleveland. So and I like Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I'm in, too. I feel like we're, we're very aligned this week. But I, I do think of the games we've mentioned so far, this would be the most popular. 65% of the bets are on Pittsburgh so far. This line's at 10 in most places. It's at 9 in the contest. So I don't know how to, how to read that there. I, I do think that Rudolph and, and the Steelers would relish knocking Cleveland out of the playoffs, whether they have something to play for it or not. So divisional game, I just think the line's... The line's way too big. Trav, do you have any other home dogs for us or any other games you like? Uh, I got two more home dogs that, I mean, I didn't do a ton of research on these, but I would just say, you know, Philly getting two and a half against Washington. This game opened at Philly minus four, and I assume it shifted because Alex Smith is going to play, but is he really healthy? I don't know. I honestly haven't looked. And, and if this game ends up being, you know, Heineke or whatever, however you pronounce his name, and Philly's a two and a half point home dog, I just, I think it would be attractive. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate Philly. The the only thing that gave me pause was just the idea of the the Washington defensive line going to get going against Jalen Hurts like a rookie quarterback. But I don't see why Washington would be two and a half point favorites on the road. Doesn't make sense to me. Is Hurts banged up at all? I heard that he was, but I don't think he's banged up. But I think a lot of the other guys on the Eagles defense are probably not going to play. Like I don't think Cox is going to play. I don't think Darius Slay is going to play. I think a lot of those guys who have been sort of battling throughout, including guys on the offensive line, are just going to just going to hang it up this week now that they're officially eliminated that would be my concern with philly and i i do like 
I do like kind of like that Heineke guy or Heineke, whatever. He played well when he came in for Haskins. They probably just should have started him in the game and maybe they would have won to begin with and clinched last week against Carolina. By the way, speaking of uh, Dennis, um, can you guys name the full list of quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round in the last 25 years uh, to be cut by the, their team before winning four games? So Before winning four games? Yes. Johnny Manziel. So Johnny Manziel's one. De- Dennis is another now. Achilles Kelly Smith. Kelly Smith is three. Jamarcus? Did he win four? And there's there's one more. It's not Jamarcus. I guess he did win four games. I don't know how. Twenty last twenty five years. Yep. Well, Rosen doesn't count because he was traded, right? Right. Right. AFC conference. <laughs> AFC conference. <laughs> oh, that guy on the Broncos. What's his name? Paxton Lynch. Yeah. Wow, guys, that was impressive. Wow. You guys nailed those four. Jesus. I love me some bad quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Paxton, that's a, that's a pretty shitty group. <laughs> wow, guys, we bet on probably at one point or another. God. But uh, I'm, I'm curious what like, what happens with, with Dennis going forward. I mean, I'm sure he's going to get picked up by somewhere eventually in the offseason, but I, I would have no interest personally. No, and Giants fans can gripe about Daniel Jones all that I want, but it, a lot of the fan base seem to want Haskins when we took Jones. So for those people, we're... We should consider ourselves extremely lucky that we don't have Dwayne Haskins. Washington had the the number two pick this past year. They took Chase Young, who's phenomenal, obviously, but they could have had Herbert. They could have technically taken Tua. I don't know, kind of hindsight there. I mean, maybe they, they should have considered drafting a quarterback. It'd be hard to do, but might have been the right move in retrospect. Yeah, but Chase Young definitely looks like a stud, so can't argue with a with a freak pass rusher like that speaking of honest, uh, no one wanted no one in that organization except for the owner i think wanted haskins at the time i, I don't think jake rudin wanted anything to do with him no um it's bad yeah that's a snyder miss one of many 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 snyder miss we mentioned uh pax and lynch that brings me to my next game i don't love this one but uh, but the it just stands out to me i don't love the line i wish we were getting a full three or even three and a half but the broncos plus two and a half at home in their finale against the Raiders. I don't really know why the Raiders are favored on the road here. These teams pretty evenly matched, both really banged up on defense, two offenses that come and go. Both teams can kind of run the ball. I just like Fangio better than Gruden. I think we know that Vic's coming back next year, so these guys should want to play hard for him, get some stuff on tape, and and send him out on a high note. Whereas, uh, I don't know how if you're a Raider, you don't quit after the the brutal losses that they've suffered over the last five to six weeks, including uh, that, that choke job against Fitzy and the Dolphins on Saturday night where the, the no-look face mask pass somehow gets completed and then the Dolphins win that game. But I just like the, the Broncos as a home dog. Always like getting the home dog there in Denver. What do you think here, Mark? I, I kind of like it. Um, I was kind of looking at the the history, Gruden versus uh, Fangio, and for whatever reason, it seems like Gruden has had Fangio's number. He's 2-1 and one in, in their last three games, but Broncos only had like a 1.1. But yeah, I, th- I think it's the right side in terms of line value, for sure. I don't, I don't get why Las Vegas would be favored, and, and I agree, pr- probably that team after that game against Miami last weekend, I don't know how you come out that motivated this week. So I, I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, it, it interests me that Vegas is eight and three against the spread in the division the last two years, including four and one this year. On the flip side, Denver is four and seven in the division the last two years. I don't like those trends necessarily. I mean, I like a different home dog getting five more points than this a little bit better because I just Denver again haven't been able to read them this year and uh, just they make me uncomfortable. But that's you know I, I could get on board. We took this game earlier in the year and in Las Vegas and it was it was terrible and we were on the Broncos side in that one so 
I don't need to, I don't need to go back to that well or, or force it again because that was a really really not enjoyable experience with Drew Locke. I, I got to say I am very excited to bet this Broncos team uh, next year. I, I'm ready to take them yep. week one next year. Like, I think they're going to be really good. Yeah, do we think what happens at quarterback? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do we think Locke will be back? But a lot a lot of stuff can happen between then and now. Get me Paxton Lynch. <laughs> yeah, Podwalk at week one, Denver. Uh, uh, Trav, you mentioned uh, another home dog getting more points. Which one is uh, that? Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't really think about this game very much, but Houston getting seven and a half at home against Tennessee. I know Houston stinks. Uh, the line opened up at four and a half. Now it's up to seven and a half. I'm not sure really that the Houston offense can keep up with Tennessee, but that Tennessee defense is a problem. It's going to kill them in the playoffs. It killed them in Green Bay last weekend. You know, maybe after getting crushed, this is the wrong time to go against uh, Tennessee. But it, that that just getting the hook, you know, was enough to get my dumb brain involved. Uh, I don't I don't have much delay in analysis for this game either. Uh, I, I like it. I think it's the right th- thesis. I, I just don't know what Houston's motivation is right now. Are they going to play hard? Or are they not? Uh, I have no idea what to make of it. Yeah, I, I like this one. The number stands out to me. I think it opened at like closer to four, four and a half, which seems right. I, I think Houston, for all their faults this year, they they have managed to play pretty close in the divisional games. They've had, they obviously went to overtime with Tennessee back in that game uh, earlier in the season that we took. We were on the winning side of with the Titans in that one. They've had two brutal heartbreakers against the Colts, fumbling on the goal line. And then I think even the Jacksonville games have been pretty close. So as bad as they are, I think they do play these games really tightly. I know J.J. Watt pretty much ripped into the entire team last week. Uh, this could be his last game in Houston, so maybe the guys come out and play for him. I, I don't think Watson ever stops slinging, no matter what no matter what kind of game he's in. I mean, he's in the shootout with the Bengals last week. He just keeps firing and slinging no matter what. He's never going to come out. Brandon Cooks is back. He had a nice game last week. So I, I think the Titans defense is just so bad that they can't be favored by this many points against anybody. And if they... They do get up. I think they'll take their foot off the gas and maybe be open to a backdoor cover. So I'd be very interested. Can I ask a broader question about Deshaun Watson, who yeah. appears like a good quarterback? I want him to be a good quarterback, but they gave him an awful lot of weapons this year, and he beat Jacksonville twice, a just a absolutely abominable New England team, and Detroit. Like those are his four wins this year. Like at some point, with a quarterback with that much talent, is he expected to win, or is he just you know kind of we're all okay with Deshaun Jackson and everyone saying that he's good, but he never actually wins. Do, do you think uh, it's like scheme related? Like Bill O'Brien, I don't know who the offense coordinator is now, but I mean, Bill O'Brien wasn't that respected. I feel like in the, in the NFL community in general, but yeah, I, th- I think it's a fair question to ask. I don't think it helps, but I, I do sort of agree with Trav. I'm interested to see who they bring in next and, and they do need to bring in a nice offensive mind here to, to try and get him on track. I do think he holds the ball way too long and he turns yeah. it over and takes too many awful sacks for those two reasons. Uh, his, his presence in the pocket isn't great, but uh, he's still pretty electric when he needs to be. I mean, we saw what he did in the playoffs last year, bringing them back in that in that game. And, and he's done some other magical things to get a pretty shitty team and a pretty shitty coach to the postseason and win division titles. So I'm not I'm not counting him out. That's for sure. It's, it's, a, it's a good question. I mean, I, maybe they overpaid for him. They give him that big contract. So I, I don't know. He's a franchise QB. They all make the same amount of money, it seems like. So whatever, you're you're stuck with him for two, three more years. They don't have any first-round picks. They're going to have to spend some money this offseason, at least get a good coach. I don't know. It's going to be tough to win in Houston with the cap space and draft capital that they have the next couple of years. But curious to see who they hire. I only have a one game left out of the games that uh, I circled that I liked. We've mentioned all of them. Houston was one of them. But uh, going back to Mark's boy here, Matt Rule, plus six and a half, the Panthers. Another home dog here against the Saints. 
I just think, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Peyton really cares that much about where he's seated and six and a half points on the road breeze outside. They're going to want to be really careful with breeze here. So I think we see more Taysom than, than we're used to seeing at least the last couple of weeks. They don't want Drew to get hurt going into the playoffs. I, I think the, the saints defense is, is a little overrated, which we saw that kind of get exposed on, on the Christmas day game. I, I think the Vikings had some success moving the ball and Teddy seems to play new Orleans pretty tight. Uh, we took them earlier in the year at new Orleans uh, and the Panthers covered, I think it was seven and a half then. So it's only six and a half now at home. I think there's good value. What do you think here, Trev? Yeah, I'm curious about it. I mean, they're eight and three against the spread as an underdog Carolina. So this is a good spot for them. I agree with you on the New Orleans defense. Six and a half seems like a, a, enough points to to make me interested, but it could just be a Sean Payton FU game with doing some weird stuff. And again, we've said that these Panther teams, as good as rule is, um, still just not a whole lot of talent. But six and a half is enough to keep it around, keep me interested. I was kind of shocked. Uh, just th- these teams played in October, and Carolina was was plus seven on the road. So now they're getting plus six and a half at home. Um, it was just a little surprising. I know these teams have kind of it's, it's been two months. So I, I had Carolina definitely circled. Love that there's a ton of bets on New Orleans. Mike, you mentioned the weather. Uh, it looks like it's supposed to be 40s and windy on Sunday. So I'm not sure about Drew Brees outside there. Carolina has some some running back injuries, but that, that doesn't really scare me that much. For whatever reason, Carolina just keeps playing hard. They've, they've been covering the last couple of weeks. Um, seems like they're still trying. So I, I kind of like the value. Teddy covers one last time with Matt Rule. So I'm in. Uh, Mark, do you have anything left that you like? Uh, the only other game I want to mention, I'm curious what you guys think. Uh, I have Detroit plus six and a half versus Minnesota. It's such a Dodgson game, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Detroit's getting their coaching staff back, and I feel like that staff has like a lot to prove um, given the result of last week's game. These teams played earlier this season. Minnesota was only favored by three points uh, at home. Obviously, would need would need Stafford to play. I don't know what his status is right now, but I think 70% of the bets are on Minnesota right now. So I don't know. I thought there was maybe some value on Detroit. Uh, I think the downside is that uh, the Vikings have won the last six games against Detroit. So there's that, but maybe some value. What, 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 do, you, what do you guys think? I was initially excited about the the possibility of taking Stafford in a, in a Detroit finale game. I just think there's too much uncertainty with both these teams. I think Travis talked about in the past, just not having a real good read on this Vikings team. And he's protected us from taking them the last two weeks because for some whatever reason, I've liked Minnesota the last couple of weeks and they've been terrible. Both these teams are so inconsistent week to week and even quarter to quarter that the value is there on the home dog. The way the Lions just rolled over and died last week doesn't give me much confidence despite i mean whatever his coaching staff is coaching for is they're all they all know they're getting fired on monday anyway so i don't know if that is incentive or not and i think that the vikings seem like a team that likes to win meaningless games and act like they're all important too so i don't know Trav, what did you think here yeah it's tough when you juxtapose it against the game we just talked about which is carolina you know with the good coach that's building something, getting the same amount of points at home against New Orleans. Obviously, New Orleans is much better than Minnesota is, but I had a light circle on Detroit here, mostly because I just think no one's going to play this game on either side in the contest, just because, like Mark, you said, it's who gives a shit about this game, you know, this this weekend. But, I, I you know, Minnesota hasn't been good this year. Maybe it's a good time to go against them, but uh, Detroit isn't overly exciting to me as the team to, to do it. Yeah, that's fair. What, do you have anything else, uh, Trev? That you really liked? Uh, not that I really liked. I mean, the one favorite that I had circled was Buffalo, two and a half, laying two and a half at home against Miami. I know, you know, people would have seemed to think Buffalo has nothing to play for. I still think they're going to play hard, particularly in a division game like this. Line opened at Buffalo minus five and a half. It's down a field goal now. I'm not entirely sure why. 
Uh, I guess Miami, you know, still can make the playoffs, I guess. If Buffalo's cooking, it's probably not a good time to hop on board. But, you know, I thought that line was was inflated or deflated artificially. Yeah, I agree. I th- and Miami, uh, yeah, Miami can still make the playoffs. The, uh, the only team that can't control their own destiny in the AFC is the Colts. So Miami wins and they're in. Tennessee wins, they clinch the division. And if the Ravens win, they're in. If the Browns win, they're in. So the Colts are the only one that need a win and help to to get in. So I, I do think Miami has the incentive, but but like you said, I think the Bills are a team that might not want to take their foot off the gas. They just announced that that they're going to allow fans at their home playoff games. So there is incentive for them to try and go for that number two seed, and then they get to host potentially two playoff games, which I think for that franchise is is a pretty nice carrot hanging out there, and certainly an advantage if they have some of the Bills mafia out there for for those playoff games, especially anticipating that they might be hosting the Steelers in uh, the divisional round, should they both win in the first weekend. So I, I do think a lot of people will be on Miami just thinking that they're the side of urgency. So in that case, I think it's the, one of the more contrarian faves of the week. So I would definitely be intrigued. I know Cole Beasley's out, which sucks. And I think Warren Sharp was talking about how that might affect McDermott's outlook on this game. Maybe that injury forces him to to maybe be careful with more of their guys. But I don't know. I don't know how to judge that. And who's who's I don't even know who the Bills backup quarterback is. We can look that up while we're talking. It should Matt, Matt Barkley. Barkley. Well, well he's not he's not worse than Tua. Perfectly fine. Yeah, he's like a game manager type. Yeah. I'm I'm interested. Yeah. Not worse than Tua. <laughs> well, I mean, I I kinda want to talk about Tua. I know we've texted about him a lot. I mean, so he's six and two as a starter, um, which is obviously very good, but he he's averaging less yards per pass than Aaron Jones is per rush. So Aaron Jones is the, the running back for the Green Bay Packers. Each carry, Aaron Jones gets more yards than, than Tua does per pass, which is like that's unfathomable. I know you guys describe. I don't I don't understand how they don't draft a quarterback if you if you have a top five pick. It makes no sense to me. And to be cl- to just clarify for everyone, the top five pick is the Houston pick that they got from uh, the what's his name the, the dude with the weed mask. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still like to. Uh, I, I don't love him. I, I think we need to see him next year. I, they've they've had no weapons the last few weeks, and I think that has hurt him a lot. And in, in the games that he did put up some stats, like at least he had all those receivers and running backs playing. Like they're playing with no name running backs, and and most of the receivers have been banged up. Mike Isicki hasn't played in the last couple of weeks, and he had a nice little rapport with him as did Fitzpatrick. So I, I do get what you're saying. And if there's a stud quarterback that's that you're worth taking right there, then maybe go for it. But I don't I don't think there is one out there that I definitely think is a slam dunk over Tua in the draft other than obviously Trevor Lawrence and they're not going to get him. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mike. I mean, I think first of all, there's not a slam dunk quarterback you're going to get outside of one. I'm not really a Tua fan at all, but I think just from an asset allocation perspective, you're better off using those picks to build around him. I mean, you know, he started eight games. You're on the verge of getting to the playoffs uh, with a good coach. You're building something. I'd rather use that pick for something to help him with. And, you know, if you could turn around and trade him for equal value, then I think that would be something to consider, perhaps. But, you know, as we saw with Ray Rosen, you know, a couple of years ago, that's not the case. I mean, these guys lose value immediately because there's just a massive influx of other quarterbacks coming into the league. And so many of these teams are already set at quarterback. So to his value goes down really quickly for another team. And that's why it's just from an asset allocation perspective, I don't think you can do it. But if let's say they end up with the third pick, which I think is still a possibility. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence goes one. Let's say the Jets take the, the BYU quarterback two, and then Justin Fields is just sitting there at three. Tua was a better college prospect than Justin Fields, and he has a year of NFL experience under his belt. That's the way I would think about it. And the Dolphins need so many other things, too, and they have such a great core. I think that you're, you're going to get a useful player there. It's almost like a free draft pick. So 
don't know. And, and, and Mark, I certainly respect your opinion. I haven't seen Zach Wilson as a top 10 quarterback prospect. I mean, I haven't looked at what the draft analysis is so far, but I think Fields has fallen in people's eyes, but I don't think Zach Wilson has moved up significantly enough to make him look like a top five or 10 quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know anything about the college. I'm just kind of obviously he's getting, getting into it now being, being a Jets fan. So the other thing that I thought we talked about that was kind of interesting was the Bill Simmons trade value column idea and where Josh Allen would rank in terms of pick any, any person based on their salary age, like where, where would he rank? We, we obviously have Mahomes one. I think Justin Herbert right now would be number two. I think I have Trevor Lawrence at three, even though he hasn't played a game yet. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> And then I I don't know who's who's after that. I and I know you guys trapped you through around Joe Burrow, but I th- I think Josh Allen's kind of up there along with Lamar Jackson. You, know, you can make the argument for Deshaun Watson and Kyler, but I don't know. I think it's an interesting conversation. Like he's definitely like bolted into being a top ten most valuable player in the league. Yeah, I think I think that's true, especially for this year. But I think for Jackson and Allen, they're probably both going to get extensions mega extensions this coming off season. So that'll, that'll reset that value a little bit, but you definitely can't argue with the fact that Allen is a uh, top five quarterback right now. Yeah. I mean, the the pace of his improvement from just being like a guy with a big arm to, you know, what he's become now and his decision-making, I think has improved a lot. It's been extremely impressive. So I, I have no disagreement with anything you said. The, the only thing I want to mention for the, for the game, uh, Miami versus Buffalo, I think Jakeem Grant, the the Dolphins wide slot receiver is also going to be out this week, and I actually think that's a that's a big loss, especially for Tua, kind of relies on him for it seems like a lot of third downs. Yeah, that that's big. He had a big game the other night. I mean, every time he touches the ball, it feels dangerous. All right, I mean, I I wouldn't mind having one favorite in the mix because I don't think all these dogs are going to cover and in, in week seventeen too. There's generally a lot of favorites that lay the smackdown too. So, Trav, Mark, do you guys have any other games that you want to mention, or we can kind of fly through some of these at the end just to make sure. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I, I won't play Jacksonville. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Colts laying 14 in Jacksonville. Uh, I'm glad you didn't bring it up. I just don't know. I think if you can... that game's in Indy. I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You're right. That game's in Indy. Jags obviously beat them week one of the season, so it'd be kind of funny if they bookended their entire season with just wins over the Colts and losses to everybody else. But I can't see them pulling off the upset. Glennon was freaking terrible in that Bears game. The Colts they pissed away their their chance at the playoffs if they need help to get in here. Maybe one of these teams hooks them up. I have a tendency to think that one of these teams is going to blow it. So if the Colts can't take care of business here, maybe they still sneak in. But a lot of offensive line issues for them. Jags are definitely the right side. I just don't like it more than any of these dogs that we've played. Bears-Packers. Green Bay laying five and a half in Chicago. Packers need to win and get the number one seed. Bears need to win and get in. They control their own destiny if they do that. I don't know. I initially leaned Bears here, but... Probably circle back to the Packers. I don't think Rodgers would have a problem blowing them out and sending the Bears home for the season. Do you guys have a thought here? No, I, I don't. I would not want to take the Bears against Rodgers. He's 12 and 5 against them in his career, I think. It's dangerous. He's got something he still needs to play for. So I would not be taking the Bears. Same here. Uh, we got burned already taking Chicago against uh, Green Bay earlier this year. So find a stay away. Yep. Cowboys laying one and a half at MetLife Stadium against the Giants. Winner of this game will be sitting there then waiting for Washington to either win or lose in the Sunday night game. So whoever wins will be in the driver's seat. And then should Washington lose, then the winner of the Cowboys giants game would get the NFC East title. I mean, you probably should take the giants. I think more people will be on the Cowboys, but we've gotten burnt by them lately a lot and screw them. That's all I have to say. I just don't understand the line. No, 
What, what do you what do you guys think the line should be? Well, it opened with the Giants as a three and a half point fave. Now they're one and a half point dogs. That's a five point swing. I don't really know why. But you, you think the Giants should still be favored? Or pick them? I mean, or yeah. a slight a, a short fave? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that I'm not the Giants. I hate them right now, but um, I just that's a lot of movement for I'm not sure what reason. Yeah, it's weird. I, I think the Cowboys are America's team. People love to bet them, and now that they're like shown an ounce of friskiness, then people will hop back on. Maybe that's it. It's interesting to me. Dallas is 18 and 11 against the spread in the division since 2016. It's third best in the league. Wow. I think the, the Cowboys are, are winning this game. I just don't have a, the balls to play it. Yeah, I agree. As Giants fans, are you like, do you want, you obviously want them to win this game, right? You want them to make the playoffs, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. The, the flip side is like we get like the 10th pick in the draft or uh, I also have dreams of them <sighs> somehow winning and then we get to play Brady in the first round and that's a really exciting proposition too because I think they could win that game. Or it could be the Rams, and they could win that game too. So, well, what's amazing is that the Giants could one, they could win the division, like you said, or if the things break break right, they could have the third pick in the draft, apparently, which is insane. If both the the Bengals and the Texans win, they would have the third pick. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Wow. I, I said this earlier in the year to some Giants fans, friends, including Mike. Like at some point, you got to say, okay, we've drafted in the top five every year for the last four or five years none of its work none of its helped at some point you just got to like win games I, I don't give a shit about the flip side like win the game <laughs> yeah yeah win the game we'll see what happens with washington i, I haven't happened to think washington's gonna win here I, I just don't know philly will be able to pull it off but whatever try and win the game speaking of our team giants move over to the jets they are three point underdogs at new england line seems right to me if it was higher i might want to get involved with the jets for uh, adam gase's finale but uh who knows he's Rumored to be going to work for Belichick as a quarterback's coach after this. I don't know, Mark, do you have any thoughts on this game or or whatever else is transpiring with Gase this week? No, not really. Um, I, I actually think we did like actually a really good job kind of picking our spots with the Jets this year, all things considered. Um, I don't know what our total record is against them, but it seems seems pretty good in general. Just a quick quick stat. So the Jets, with their, their win last week and in the week before against the Rams, became the first team in NFL history to win multiple games against teams with... Uh, that entered the game with at least nine more wins than them uh, in a season, which is kind of crazy. But the Rams and the Browns had nine more more wins than the Jets in, in going into the game. So just crazy. Excited for to see what the, the Jets do in the offseason, but uh, I don't see that, like, there's any line value on this game at all. Yeah. New coaching yeah. search starts next week for you. Sure does. Yeah, I, I think the Jets are the better team, but I just think it's going to be very popular. And I, I agree. I, like, I don't know if there's value necessarily, but from what I've seen from New England, it's not pretty, and I think the Jets can absolutely win a third game here. Totally. would be pretty crazy if they finish the season with three, three straight wins to end the Gates era. But alas, hopefully only one more game for Mark to watch Adam Gase as the Jets head coach. Buccaneers, minus six and a half at home for the Falcons. They played a close game two weeks ago, so I, I would think that the Bucs have some motivation to, to blow them out here. I don't really have too much insight on this game. Line feels right to me. Bucks do need to win this game to clinch that five seed and, and a trip to play the NFC East loser champion in the first round. So I think the motivation for that is high. And they're they're starting to at least get rolling against some shitty teams coming back to beat the Falcons. And they lay the smackdown in Detroit. It kind of seems like fool's gold here. I'm, I'm kind of rooting for the Bucks to to put on another strong performance this week so we can fade them in the first round of the playoffs. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on this one. Uh, I actually kind of like the, the Falcons. I mean, I, I know you said that the Bucks could get the five seed potentially, but I mean, just looking at the Falcons like last like 
six games, like they, they've been competitive in every single one. I mean, last week they, they went into Kansas City. They only lost by three. Uh, they almost beat the Bucks two weeks ago you talked about. They lost by three to the Chargers, lost by five to the Saints. They blew out the Raiders. I, I don't know. They're still playing hard, obviously. I don't see why that would change Raheem's last hurrah here. So I don't know. I, I think there's actually value on, on the Falcons, but I, I don't need to force it. And I think there's probably other games we have on the board that we all like. Yeah, I like other games more. Do you think Raheem, I mean, he's. I think he's going to get a shot at this job. I mean, I think they've played top, well for him. I think he has an outside chance. I'm actually curious how many coaches you guys think end up, end up getting fired in total. The Texans and the Lions have already done it, so we count them. That's two. And apparently the Jets have done it in the store. It's just not. Yeah. <laughs> Jets just would want to be, wait a week to get started. Jets would be three. Jags, I think. you got to think Maroons getting yeah. canned. Jags four. I guess technically the Falcons already have, so that's five. But by the way, speaking of the Jags, I, I Sal Paulo Antonio. I was listening to him on a podcast. Apparently, he thinks Urban it's Urban Meyer's job uh, in Jacksonville if he wants it, which I thought was kind of interesting. I think a lot of these would be his job if he wants it. Mm. And Jacksonville is the most attractive destination with Trevor. Yeah, that's an interesting pairing. That's very interesting. I don't know if he can coach in the NFL, but that's really really interesting. Yeah. All right. Last game, I, I had a light circle here on the favorite side, actually. Baltimore laying 12 and a half in Cincinnati. I just think the Ravens like beating up on bad teams and they're rolling right now. They need to win to make the playoffs. So there's certainly the motivation. I kind of like fading the Bengals off of back-to-back victories. I don't know if that can be sustained. My only hesitation was that I think Baltimore blew them out a couple weeks ago, but I, I just think the Ravens are really good against really crappy teams and really average against decent teams. So and I don't need to force it. I just, it was another favorite that I liked. I don't know if you had a thought, Mark. Uh, yeah, actually, I had a light, light circle on Baltimore, too, the reasons you stated. Um, the only thing I wanted to add was that Baltimore's last two games against Cincy, they won 27-3 and then 49-13. So more than capable of blowing out this team. And, and maybe Cincy fades after having two good games. I don't know. Maybe maybe a good game to chance it on. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing to really add. I'd be okay going in with Baltimore under two touchdowns, but... I think we've done a pretty good job reading Cincinnati this year with and without Burrow. I could, I could do it. I don't think it'd be my top three or four games, but it could be a candidate for the five spot. Okay. Well, here's where we sit right now. I'm going to eliminate Philly and Denver. I have them a little less excitement than these other ones we have in the mix, which is a lot of games. The Rams, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Texans, the Niners, the Panthers, the Lions, and then the two favorites, the Bills and the Ravens. That's nine games. I'd, I'd be pretty happy with that mix. There's there's nothing that I would necessarily take out right now or nothing that I would add. I don't think I don't think Philly or Denver do it for me as much as any of those nine. What do you guys think, Trev? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still kind of interested in Philly. I agree taking out Denver, kind of interested in Philly. I think, you know, as far as the favorites go, I don't know that I would want to go into this weekend with two of them. And the one that I like better is definitely Buffalo over Baltimore. But, you know, we can Fair. move Baltimore around. That's okay. Detroit, you mentioned Detroit as being in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 50-50. I mean, I could be convinced, but it's not one that I have an overly compelling case for. I'm fine to get rid of them. Mark, what did you think of that group as a whole? Would you rather have Philly in two? Uh, I'm indifferent. I don't have a read on that game yet, I don't think. All right. I don't think we're going to get there on the Lions, probably. So let's let's leave the Eagles around. That's an even nine. I like, like you said, Trav, I like having... I don't want to necessarily take two favorites, but let's say we, we find out that Josh Allen's not playing, then maybe we pivot from the Bills to the Ravens just so we get one in there, which I do think is probably a smart move. Podlock. Oh, before we get to a podlock, 
we didn't really touch on any announcers or refs this week. So, uh, Trav, any of these any of these referees worry you for the games that we're involved with? Dolphins, Bills, Bill Vinovich, uh, Jerome's on Steelers, Browns, Jerome uh, Boger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Hockey League is doing Titans, Texans, which I don't love. Uh, that's not, I don't like that either. But okay. Yeah, Carl Sheffers, the chef will be cooking on Cardinals Rams, a game that we love. Uh, that game's tailor made for Carl Sheffers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony Carenti on 49ers, Seahawks. I have not been a fan of Tony's work this year, so that does uh, worry me. Is this Tony's last hurrah, do we think? I don't know. He had the, the throat cancer scare a couple of years ago. Just, uh, I don't know. Seems like. Yeah. What, what game did he do of ours last week? League. What, what game did he do of ours last week, Tony? I think Tony did the Bears game, actually. We were just watching it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, were, you were watching it closely with your Jags, Jets. Yeah. Draft okay. picks on the line. Right. Hussey doing Vikings, Lions. Just wanted to point that out. They gave him a really shitty assignment this week, which yeah, I don't it's, get. It's, a, it's an off week. It's a bye week. Yeah. Hussey heading into the playoffs. <laughs> and uh, Chad Henney's get has cleat against the Chargers. All right. Here's the question. like, who Who would you nominate as like the referee for the Super Bowl right now? Ooh. To me. It, 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 the class of the league is still Hussey and Vinovich. I really like Torbert too, who I think I think he has Philadelphia Washington. Ooh, yes. Um, no, no, yeah, you're right. Torbert, Brad Allen's on Giants Cowboys. I mean, those are my top three right now. I, I love Vinovich. I, I would I would put yeah. him in Super Bowl. I think right now. Yeah, it's more just fun to text Bill when he does something good for us. <laughs> <laughs> Jerome, Jerome's just like, I love Jerome, but he, he's got to get a no. better handle on his crew. <laughs> not, I'm not a fan. Announcing, let's see who we got here. Buck and Aikman doing Giants-Cowboys, which I thought was interesting. Is that game at one? Yes. Wait, what, why, what do you think that's interesting? Like, of course he's doing that game, no? I guess. I, I would have thought they would have been doing a, a 430 game on the last this week like of the Rams season. like Rams-Cardinals has a little bit more at stake in the NFC. So Rams Cardinals is a CBS game, oddly enough. Oh. And Nance, oh. and Ro- Nance and Romo are doing that game. That's the the national game at four twenty five. Oh. Wow, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a it's it's an intriguing game. Ian Eagle doing Pittsburgh Cleveland. Our old friend Brock will be doing the Chiefs game. I would imagine we're going to end up taking that. So we just seem to take Brock here at every fucking week. <laughs> Uh, Akib Talib is doing the Vikings Lions game oh, right now. Dude. It's listed. It li- it's listed as Akib Talib and TBD. So they don't even know who's working with him yet. Don't give him a partner. Just let him riff. <laughs> I mean, Just why why can't we take that game? I mean, ugh, that's that's wonderful. I mean, that's it really does have nice. the great announcer and the great official. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Whatever. We'll leave Detroit around just for that purpose. Podlock. I think we're down to. Uh, Podlock didn't work out so well last week with the Giants. We did bring it back for last week, but we got to, we got to end the season with at least a lock. I would think the way we were talking, it's it's probably Rams, Chiefs, or Steelers. There's very few things going to get get me to come off the the Rams game. I would even lock Henny, but I feel strong more strongly about the Rams. What do you think, Trev? Yeah, I could, I could be fine with the Rams. I mean, I don't love it's two and a half under the three, so we it would have been nice getting the full three points. But you know, Pittsburgh to me is the one where at nine, you know that Rudolph's going to be the quarterback so there's no bad news to come on that front it's just so many points for that defense so it'd be pittsburgh or the rams uh, i could do pittsburgh uh, i could definitely do that i mean the thing with the rams i the, the cup injury bothers me the more i think about it so if i'm totally there to lock it but 
Again, if you guys prefer that game over Pittsburgh, that's fine too. No, let's lock the Steelers. Boom, done. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. So, uh, all right, Steelers are podlocked. Podcastpicks.co on Sunday to find out the rest of our picks. As I said earlier, we'll be back with you next week. We'll have a little playoff uh, action and we'll make some bets. We'll try and win some money for you, win some money for us going into next season. But before that, we got to end on some trivia. Like always, Mark, what do you got for me this week? As you know, I have been dominating trivia lately. Uh, yeah, so let me just uh, quickly uh, follow up from last week. Um, so last week's question for the listeners was three NFL quarterbacks have beaten all 32 NFL teams, Favre, Peyton, and Breeze. Uh, four others have beaten 31 teams, Brady, Rodgers, and Roethlisberger. I, I asked people who was the fourth, and Ian Halverson, uh, a fellow contest member, chimed in with Kerry Collins and went on a whole diatribe about his, how his dad hates Kerry Collins. Um, which was correct. Um, and he also added that Alex Smith is the fifth, which I didn't have in my database. So that, that's also correct. So there you go. For you guys this week, I'm going to go a little old school. Who recorded the NFL's first two-point conversion? What year did it happen? What team did he play for? I don't think you're going to get me to name the year. Well, when do you think the, the two-point conversion was implemented as a rule in the NFL? Was it? I think it was when we were in high school, right? No, I guess before that. Really? I, I think so. 98? 97? 94. 93. Oh. 94. So it was the 94-95 season? Yes. That was the 75th anniversary season. Now, you said who scored it, which leads me to believe it was a running play. Oh, interesting. Could have been, yeah. could have been a keeper, though. <laughs> yeah, well, it could have. Yeah, you're right. But so it's, you know, we don't have, we can eliminate wide receivers and tight ends, you would think. That's an interesting thought process. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that, that that's correct in terms of eliminating wide receivers and tight ends. So it's a quarterback or a running back? I did not say that. Okay. <laughs> 1994. <laughs> I'm oh, going to no. go out of the hip with Ricky Waters. <laughs> It's a great guess. <laughs> I love it. That's a great guess. Um, it's incorrect, but that's that's a great guess. I, I love that you're you're in Ricky Waters in your head. Right now. means also a great guess. I think they went to the Super Bowl that year too against the the Forty Niners. Uh, also incorrect. So I'll I'll help you guys narrow it down a little bit. Um, so it's an AFC team, and it's not a quarterback or a running back. Fullback, <laughs> or a fullback. It's not a fullback either. Oh. Ooh, so Cordell Stewart, does that count? What was he? He was a quarterback. He was, okay. he was beating Michigan that year. Yeah. Mm. Fake. Kicker, holder, not a quarterback. Kicker, punter, on a fake. Yep. A ballsy that's, call. That's by right. The way. A, a running, a, a fake run. So I don't even know how we're even going to get there. Uh, so I'll give you another hint. This guy played for... A, Pretty sure he, oh, he definitely played for the Jets at one point. I don't know if he played for the Giants as well. Matt Barr? No. Not Lindetta? No, no. sorry. He, he did not play for for the Giants. He, he played for... I'll give you the teams he played for. He played for Phoenix Cardinals. <laughs> uh, the Colts, the Browns, the Patriots, the Jets. Tampa Bay Bucks and, and Redskins later. Tom Dupa. Tom Tupa, correct. 
September 4th, 1994 for the Cleveland Browns. The head coach at the time, Bill Belichick. Nice. So it's kind of interesting, though. I was looking at when this occurred in the game. So it's week one of the season. They just implemented this rule. The Browns uh, are up 3-0. They score a touchdown to go up 9-0. And they ran this fake PAT to get the two-point conversion to go up 11-0. Crazy. Love it. Weird. That's a good one. We got uh, we got time for one more. Uh, We've been flying this week. Give me one more. All right. I mean, I could ask you like silly questions, like you know, what team was the first to use the name of their region or state instead of their city? Oh, that's a good one. New England. No. Oh, the first team to use their state. I see. Their region or state instead of their city. Hmm. The Giants. Uh, I mean, isn't that technically a state? It's sitting. It's New York, New York City. Yeah. When they were founded, Wait, I did guess. you say it is? Is there state or region? To uh, to use the name. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> to, to use the name of their the region or state instead of their city. Yeah, it, it's not the Giants. I, I'm sorry. That's got to be an NFL team, I would think. Not an AFL team. The Vikings. Yeah. Michael. Minnesota That's a good Vikings. question. All right, one so more. So wait, when they were the New York Giants in the 50s, that didn't count? I mean, I, it, maybe New York's considered the name of their city, according to the... Well, they were the New York City Giants. Yeah. Yeah, but there's the New York Yankees. They're, that's the New York City Yankees, the New York City Mets, right? I don't know. I never really I, thought I about suppose. it. I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, we'll finish up with one more. Four teams have never had the number one pick in the NFL draft. Can you name them? Packers? Uh, Packers have... That's a great question. Jags? Jags is one. Wow. wow. And it's they're they're no longer gonna be on this the list this year. Unless they trade it. <laughs> um Falcons? Not the Falcons, no. That's a, it's also a good guess. I'm trying to think. Try to look up some of these. Broncos? Broncos is another. Yeah. Because always tricky. That was a trade. It wasn't a... Falcons in, in that respect, Chargers? No. No. Damn. Falcons the Chargers, I guess, eight. technically had the Eli pick. Mm. Falcons took Michael Vick, number one. Chiefs? Not the Chiefs, nope. Ravens? Ravens is another. Mm. We're down to one. I'm looking at the list of teams right here. I'm looking at the games. It's not coming to me. Bears? Nope, not the Bears. Saints? No. Oh, Titans. Uh, nope, not the Titans. Damn. Did they take Vince Young overall? I forget. No. no Five or something? No, it's not the... Seahawks? Seahawks, correct. Mm. That's nice. Good stuff. All right, it's good trivia. You got you to gotta leave a... Do you have one with playoff implications? Yeah. Playoff uh, implications? Do I, do I, do I? Yeah, sure. Sure. Listeners. All right. What is the largest margin of victory in an in an NFL playoff game? Who played it? What year was it? Send us in. Send us in the answer. Interesting. I'm not gonna. I want you to react, but my guess. I I, I don't think this is right, but I have a vague memory of the the Jets beating down Peyton Manning one point in the snow. But I don't know if that's gonna be right or not. But don't say anything. That's just my that's my initial guess. Don't even know the score or the margin of victory. But great question. 
week 17. We got five picks to make by Saturday. We'll be talking. We'll get our picks posted on the website, podcastpicks.co. We'll be back with you next week for some wild card preview and some wild card bets. Six games this week on Wild Card Weekend. It's going to be a blast. Mark Trav, I will talk to you next week. Let's go. Ahead.